0: Thank you for tuning in to the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Restoration Podcast. Gentlemen, how are we? Yeah! Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, How are you, James? Yeah.
0: James
2: and Dave, doing well? I am doing fantastic. I have all of my machinery spread out on my garage floor. There could be no better situation for. For this kind of work, I'm happy. Excellent. Excellent.
1: That's a beautiful yeah, thing. I've, if only I've it was been... a little warmer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If only it was a little warmer, I could get more
0: done. My degreaser froze.
1: Ugh. New, oh, New York wow. life sounds awful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What's the temperature up there? Minus 10 right now? Uh, I think today we got
2: like 17. It was pretty good. Oh, there you go.
1: Wow. All right. Balmy. nice up there by the Arctic Circle.
2: Exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's right. With with uh, with global warming, all the tools just start coming out of the um, the glaciers, just finding all kinds of stuff. <laughs> oh, oh man!
1: Talking about the glaciers in your neighborhood, no doubt.
2: Yeah. Oh, my driveway is a glacier. It's got all shade. So oh,
1: it lately. never goes
0: away.
1: Beautiful. Perm- permafrost, if you will.
0: Yeah. So,
1: fellas, what has everybody been working on? Evan, what have you been up to lately, pal?
0: Oh, well, you know, everybody has these weeks every once in a while where you don't get much shop time. It's been busy. Well, that's been one of those weeks for me. I haven't had uh, much time down in the shop. You know, I've been busy. I bought a house this past weekend, so that's exciting (laughs) for me. Um, So I'm really happy about that. But now um, I got to figure out the logistics of, of moving not only the stuff in the house, but also all of my shop equipment. Uh, I don't think it'll be that bad, but, you know, it's still something you got to figure out and sit there and think about. So, yeah, that, that's yeah. that's that been my week so far.
2: And I'm excited that the peer pressure can change because you guys have filled my garage up with rusty iron. So now you have a brand new garage that we can go find machines for you.
0: Exactly. I await I, I I wait it. I love
2: it.
1: <laughs> it is exciting.
2: By the way, if you guys can hear some faint meowing, that is my cat. She's wonderful, but she's going to lend her vocal talents to this uh, show. That's oh. okay. Welcome to the
0: podcast.
1: It's the uh, <laughs> cat family cat cat. podcast here at the Restoration Podcast. That's right. But, uh, how's the yeah. how's the uh, Universal Woodworker coming along there, pal? Uh
2: good. I built a wooden base, a double layer of uh two by eights just to give me a good footprint i changed my mind on where i want to put it in my garage until i get a wood shop built so uh i laid that out uh this tool is different than the crescent it's got the motor on a belt that's separate so i'm going to try and see that the weight of the machine and the weight of the motor um but shared across a common base if that's enough to keep tension on the belt then I'll be happy if if I'm not getting enough tension, or if I'm tensioning up the the belt and the whole platform starts to bow. Then I'll then I'll consider anchoring it into my garage floor. My garage I poured um, six inches with uh, rebar, so I can I can get into the floor if I really need to bolt it down. But I want to try this as a potential stopgap. With four thousand pounds, I figure I'm hoping this thing's heavy enough to keep it in place and it's heavy enough that it's not going to vibrate and dance across the floor. So I'm just doing a little bit of legwork of once I lay that footprint out, that uh, um, subfloor structure, then I'm going to start jacking and moving the base into place and then start tossing the tools on one by one.
1: Those of you who are just joining us, uh, James purchased a 104-year-old Sydney Tool Company Universal Woodworking Machine, which, what, tell us, tell the listeners, it's a combination of what?
2: Bandsaw. Uh, I think this one's 27-inch um, bandsaw, 16-inch joiner, table saw, a uh, shaper, and a boring machine. So all run on flat belt. Um, each tool is independently clutch engaged, so you can run all five of them or just one at a time. Um, single phase, seven and a half horsepower motor i was looking at the label plate because i'm trying to figure out how to run the right wires over the other side of the garage and uh happily it runs on 208 as well as 104 so i can pull um too hot and i only have to have 39 amps for it as opposed to 78 uh so i
0: can have a much smaller fuse so that's still a beast though Seventy some amps. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah.
2: So that would be seventy amps. Seventy eight amps would be if it was single phase wiring. But if I if I bring two hundred eight or basically two twenty, um, it'll run. That motor will run on whatever. Yeah, Um, two twenty over to it, and um, it'll be happy. And uh, I could probably put it on a fifty amp breaker. I got to do a little bit more research to make sure I have enough kill switch stuff. With kids, I definitely want to make sure. That I can lock out and tag out this machine. For
1: sure, yeah.
2: No interest in my children uh, getting turned into packing peanuts in <laughs> this thing. Yeah.
1: Kicking. Things a little, a little scary. Not gonna lie. When, we, oh, when yeah. we watch at the shop, it's a little bit terrifying. Yeah. And, you uh, think
2: you're about to operate one tool and you turn the other one on when you're, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when you're learning yeah. about. It, that was terrifying.
1: we you and me are crouched over looking at the um, the, the 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 mortiser. And Evans in the background, yo, the the table saw is running. We're like
0: what? Yeah. <laughs> he, <looked up laughs> he pressed the wrong switch or pulled the wrong <laughs> lever.
1: Yeah, sixteen inch uh, table saw blade spinning a three inches away from our head. It was that was exciting.
2: All good times. All good times.
1: All good times for sure. Yeah. What so, about
0: you, Dave? What are you working yeah,
1: on, man? I am. Um, well, you know, I've been working on getting my shop organized in my new space. I moved into a new shop. Uh, Maybe uh, it's probably been a, m- a month and a half once the concrete floor was poured. Um, but I've just been working on small projects to keep myself occupied. I'm, I'm, tra- I'm lacking the motivation to build my first workbench in the space. So I'm just kind of restoring a few little things that I have laying around. I'm doing a complete tear down and, re- and rebuild on my two-ton Cyclone uh, chain hoist that was kind of running a little tricky for me. And when I got it open, it had been completely packed to the gills with uh with grease to the point where it was like churning on the inside of the gearbox and it was causing me some some issues Mm -hmm. so just uh tear everything down relubricate. i'm gonna repaint the exterior of it kind of pretty it up a little bit just so i can feel proud of it um yeah for sure um, you know it's it's been good it's been kind of nice to just do a little um just a little do a little pm in the shop without thinking about making youtube videos or recording anything i'm just kind of like mental health restoration which is alright there you, you go amazing.
0: everybody needs that every once in a while yeah for sure that's why we right. okay? yeah before um before we roll into our main topic you know when james is going to tell us about what we're talking about today um, i want to <laughs> remind all the listeners that you can get in contact with us in a, uh, one of a couple ways you can always get a hold of us on our Instagram at the restoration podcast. Uh, feel free to hit us up on there. Send us a message. Uh, we post our photos and videos of things that we're working on or uh, things that uh, we want to show you guys. So be sure to check us out there. And you can also send us an email um, at the restoration podcast at gmail.com. So don't uh, hesitate to get in contact with us in one of those ways.
1: Hit us up for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, please.
1: So, what shall we discuss today, Sa?
2: Yeah, so we all, we all talked before this, and uh, I think uh, we will find a way to make this an invigorating conversation with horror stories and the like. But today, everybody loves talk. horror stories, <laughs> right? Everything everything in this business has a horror. Fails are the best. Yeah, they make good for talking. They make good talking points. Um, yeah, we thought it would be fun to talk about um, organization and maybe some tips and tricks to think about when you're disassembling uh, or kind of opening up a new project so that you have what you need to put it back together. Um, I will start, these guys, uh, when they joined me to take the, this universal apart, were great at um, making sure, not only were we protecting uh, appendages to the machine for shipping considerations, but when we were boxing things up, we had lots of cardboard boxes, uh, fasteners for each tool were separa- separated from each other so that I have a fighting chance looking at piles and piles of bolts in my garage that <laughs> the box of bolts next to my table saw is probably associated and the box of bolts next to my bandsaw is associated. As long as I don't screw that up, <laughs> I should be able to have a fighting chance of looking at some pictures and uh, putting this thing back together. So that's that's where we wanted to start talking about is what can you do before you get into it to
0: kind of aid yourself down the road? Absolutely. I'll kind of, you know, segue into the into my my story here. So, you know, it all comes down to we talked about previously about having a plan and kind of understanding what you need to do and making sure that that when you go into it, you're not just kind of willy-nilly you know if, it, if it's a small project then you can kind of get away with that and it's not too big of a deal but if you're dealing with some major machine you know like a universal woodwork or even a, a regular bandsaw or some smaller machine um, there are certain you know nuts and bolts that have to go in certain locations and you have to remember that and one of the biggest and easiest ways you know living in the 21st century that I find is very helpful in remembering where stuff goes or how stuff was positioned, if it has to be timed correctly. It's just taking pictures. You know, almost everybody these days has a camera on their cell phone. And even if you don't have that, you might have a digital camera laying around, and that works just as well. Taking lots and lots of photos, even when you think it's too many photos, you can never have too many photos because you never know what that one photo is going to catch. And you're like, hey, that photo shows where I need to put this key or this bolt. And I, I think that's really important to make sure you're documenting especially on a more complex project, where things go, how things are positioned, what nuts and bolts go where, so that when it comes time to reassemble, you know, that could be several weeks or maybe a month or two down the road, depending on how quickly you can get a project done. So, years, years, years. Yeah, yeah. Year, <laughs> yeah, years potentially. So make sure that you record it either writing it down, drawing a diagram, taking pictures, you know, whatever works for you. But I find that taking pictures because, you know, the old adage, a picture is worth a thousand words. So that, that's that's my tip for the day. Make sure you take plenty of pictures when you're working on a project that's complex.
1: Yeah, I, I'd even take it a step further. I, I take I take lots of pictures when I do my work. I also sometimes I mean, this is part of the YouTube thing, but it didn't really necessarily start out that way. It's using video when you're taking something apart and yeah, sure. you're able to actually see what you're doing in real time. You know, you always see those YouTube videos, or if you're you're into restoration and you watch restoration videos, a lot of times a guy pulls a screw out and he shows the camera. That actually is fantastic later on when you're like, okay, I'm not sure exactly which bolt went in here, but now I can see it because I just showed myself in the future what I just took apart. It makes things really helpful. I can think of a couple specific situations where... I was floundering, trying to put my machine back together, and I just stopped and I pulled up the footage that I had saved on my computer and just reviewed. Um, it's super helpful, especially with something really complicated to have that video. And that's not everybody's going to do that. If you know that takes a little bit more setup and and equipment, certainly, to actually videotape all those processes, but it can really come in handy if you if you do take it to that level.
2: So I, I tried yeah. to follow that. I tried to have my phone set up on like a clamp on my ladder and uh, hit record. But first the cold uh, kills my battery. so yeah. yeah, it does. And boy, I tell you what, I think I have some sort of video curse. Because every time I tried to take a video of disassembling it, I'd start the video and then spend 45 minutes trying to like loosen one stuck fastener. And nothing's worse than just watching yourself agonize over torching and lubing a bolt for forty-five minutes, and then your your phone dies, and then you get it apart. So yeah,
0: but then <laughs> when you post while. it to
1: YouTube.
0: The <laughs> magic of editing—you know—you cut that forty-five-minute section out, and you're like, boom! Look, I got this nut and bolt off, and it's, it took five seconds.
1: Yeah, I then, like, plugged my phone into the charger while I was doing that, just so that I didn't have run through that problem.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, I would, I would finally break the bolt the phone would die and i'd be so motivated to finally go that i would do all the worthwhile disassembly uh in the blind just because i was sick and tired of my phone trying to give me that and then i'd end up with no pictures and no video so recently i've just been taking pictures because my phone is old i'm just trying to limp it along
0: (laughs) absolutely yeah forgive me for a second you know i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you guys a story because i think this is like this is the root of why I do what I do, because before I started any restoration, you know, I got my first truck. It was it was a ninety eight F one fifty. OK, so love this truck. But behind the dash, you know, I had the old incandescent light bulbs this is before they put LEDs and everything. Right, right sure. And one of the light bulbs went out behind my speedometer. And, you know, I, that just really annoyed me. So I'm like, well, I know this thing can come out, so I'm going to take it out and I'm going to replace the light bulb and i didn't take any pictures i just dove right in and started taking screws out i'm like okay this needs to come off this needs to come off and i just kept going and going and going and eventually i got the, the gauge cluster out and i replaced the light bulb and i had you know probably 50 screws fasteners uh-huh. those little those little press um you know buttons that they had they use in, in cars i don't even know what they're called clips. But, Yeah, yeah. The, the, the clips for like panel clips yeah so i had a, a bunch of those and i you know, there's obvious places where things go in. So I started putting those back and I thought I got all of them and, you know, I, I tested it and I turned the lights on and everything worked. The light bulb worked fine, but then I looked in my cup holder and I had five screws and I had no idea where they went. So that kind of started me. I was like, no, I can't do this again. If I'm going to work on anything bigger than the gauge cluster, I need to know where things go yeah. and I need to know where, where to put them. So I, that's when I started taking pictures to make sure that I knew how to how the things went back together and where to put all these things. Because having extra fasteners at the end is is not a good thing, especially when you're so dealing with, with larger machines. Nah, whatever. It's it's lighter weight, better fuel gas mileage. You get that
2: nice rattle when you get all the
1: spare parts you have now. That's always yes, good.
2: And extra spare screws for the next time when you take <laughs> yeah. those clips. Absolutely. Absolutely,
1: we've all been there, that's definitely I, I can't Think of anybody that's done been a tinkerer for more than 10 minutes and hasn't come up with spare parts at the end of a rebuild.
2: <laughs> so my, my problem is I love to have like 10 projects going at the same time, and then they all go at a snail's pace. And then I have fasteners from different projects uh, intermingling because I have built one stationary and now two mobile workbenches. And each time I'm going to say this bench is only for this machine – And then all of a sudden the chop saw ends up on it, and some broken radio ends up on it, and it just gets so cluttered. So uh, I don't know where I saw it. I don't know if it was YouTube or Instagram, but super simple, cheap uh, process for keeping your project separate is going to a box store. And you know how they say every time you go to a box store for something, go buy a clamp, right? You can never not have enough clamps. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Get get the box store buckets, the buckets with the sealable lids. And I have uh, some of those screw hooks, you know, the little J hooks that you can screw into wood. I have exposed rafters, so I have probably 30 of those hooks up in the ceiling. And every tool, or like on the Crescent's behalf, every sub-tool or subsection, as I get to it, I put it all into the five-gallon bucket, put the lid on it. If I get stuck or get called back inside for the kids or something's going on, uh, I know that whether it sits for a day or three weeks, it's not going to get intermingled and lost with everything else. And that's, you know, kind of bigger size stuff. I have know people that use like Ziplocs uh, or different, you know, little buckets for projects, but with bigger pieces, I've used those five-gallon buckets. And then I can hang them from the ceiling, and they're out of the way. I've, luckily, my ceiling's a little taller, so I don't end up smacking my head on it. Um, but that's been my little cheat to make sure that if I'm going to take forever between projects or between uh, pieces and parts, um, they don't intermingle, because that's the worst, is having similar-looking fasteners and not remembering the story for how they got there.
1: Um, yeah, it's a bad feeling and More then i simply go I'm ahead sorry.
0: james go
2: ahead oh, just just a final thought it also helps me keep my shop a tiny bit cleaner when i have things that i don't use very often and i can just put them up in the ceiling i have a whole bucket of casters for whenever i have to make a cart and i got a whole bucket full of electrical components if i ever need to go wire a new outlet but yeah you know, a good idea the ceiling and it's forgotten and i also know it's not littered everywhere and if i ever have to go get paint rollers they all live in a bucket I just got to go. I put tape on the bottom of the bucket. So I'm just looking up in the ceiling, looking at the bottom of these buckets, trying to find uh, <laughs> my collection of junk.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. I've actually never heard of that before, but that is a really good idea. And, you know, labeling the buckets and hanging them up in the ceiling. You know, if you have the space to do that, that's that's pretty nifty. One of the mm-hmm. easiest things I've um, come across is, is a lot with uh, automotive or engine building. It's so simple. No, you know, nowadays they have you know, fancy racks and stands for everything. But back in the day and even up until today, people just get a piece of cardboard and they poke some holes in it. And when a fastener comes out, they shove it into the cardboard and it holds it there. And then they label it, you know, wherever that came from. So that way they have the cardboard and they have all the labels. It says, Hey, this goes into that location and they remember it and it keeps it from rolling around the table and, and, you know, falling on the ground and potentially getting lost. And that's one of the simplest things I've ever seen: is just a piece of cardboard, poke some holes in it, and when the fasteners come out, put them in there. That oh, is, dude, I
1: love that. That is I've, never, I've never heard of that or seen that before. That sounds awesome. That's going to be s- put practice in my shop. I have yeah.
0: so much Amazon cardboard lying
2: around. That is. Oh wonderful. yeah. Oh.
1: Dude, I wound up getting yeah. um. I, there's like a little surplus industrial supplier nearby to me, and um, they sold these like little small parts organizers. I want to say it kind of looks like a big like plastic tray with all these individual little cells in it. Anytime mm-hmm. I'd be working on an, an individual component or subcomponent of a machine, I would take the screws and I would kind of put them in each one of those little cells and then use a dry erase marker to label what that cell was. Um, and that actually worked out pretty well. Cause I wasn't usually touching the, the tray in between, um, you know, putting the parts in there so that did the dry erase wasn't really too at risk of getting wiped away. Yeah. And then when you're done, you just wipe it all down and clean it up and on to the next project. And Yeah, ready
0: for the next one. That, that's a good idea because, I mean, most of those, well, I, I don't know the specific trays you're talking about, but a lot of those, you know, parts organizers, they come with a lid that can snap closed. And if you happen to, you know, need to stop, you can close that up and you still remember what, what needs to go where. That, that's a good idea as well. Yep. Get, the, get the ones
2: with the lids. I have those um, those little cleated open top buckets And man, nothing's more frustrating than trying to wiggle one of those out and knocking three more uh, containers loose, and having oh yeah,
0: yeah, having
2: Uh, uh, covered in screws and bolts and washers, and uh,
0: get the one
1: exploding on your shop floor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, i'll I'll be the first to admit, and I'm sure these guys will agree, is that you know the things that we use, you know, they work for us, but you know, there's there's hundreds and hundreds, probably even thousands of different ideas for organization and how to take care of things and how to remember where they go so we would definitely love to hear from you guys to see you know what do you guys use so on our instagram you know remember at the restoration podcast make sure uh, to drop a a line or a comment on our post and make sure that you tell us how you organize stuff in your shop because that we'd love to hear it because maybe we can all benefit from that and implement those ideas in our shops as well
1: Absolutely. We're all still learning all the time. I mean, I, I'd never heard of that cardboard trick before. That's like that could make a huge difference in my workflow. And I'm sure anything that you guys have to contribute to us. And we're trying to we're, we're trying to take in new things and we're trying to share with you as well. So be part of the conversation.
2: That's right. Yeah. Unless you want to take the Dave approach, which is buy a warehouse in Philadelphia and then pour a brand new concrete floor and then lay it all out in beautiful spread fashion that it takes up your now entire what? floor.
1: Even even still I'm probably going to be a disorganized mess like I have been my entire life. So hopefully that'll be the solve to my problems but I doubt it. We'll see.
2: Is that chopper still spread out on the floor? Or did you did you pile it all up?
1: I have not gotten to that yet cuz I'm still um, <laughs> I need to get a lens for my camera. I need to get that up and running again. Um, and I'm just, I'm holding off to do the work until my camera gets repaired. So that'll be soon. I may actually use this opportunity to get a new lens. I've been looking, I've been eyeballing some other lenses, but that's my, my uh, camera operation is down temporarily. And then once that's back up, I'm going to get to that. But yeah, I need to get that up off the floor. It's taking up a giant portion of my space because I've got it in like, Flat lay formation. Check out our Instagram. I've got a picture of this, you know, fifteen hundred pound machine laid out flat lay Friday style that I had to take a. I took a picture of it from like twelve feet in the air. Yeah, <laughs> it, cool, it, lo- it
0: looks like it's sitting on a bench. It looks like it's some small stuff, but no, this is that's a big piece of machinery, and Dave's you know fifteen feet in the air <laughs> taking this picture. that's That was pretty funny.
1: Always find fun ways to have fun in the shop. Yeah, I mean, talking about organization, though, it's so easy to get just like uh, just like Evan said before, it's really easy to get screwed up. And I feel like not taking your time and not getting yourself organized, doing anything to be organized is one of the surest ways to totally just scrap a project that you're doing, whether it's, you know, something you, you lose the parts is one way to make it happen. You have no idea where they go. You end up with spare parts on a complex machine. Now it doesn't run because of what you did. You're only making things worse if you don't take some kind of approach to try and keep yourself squared away, especially as a beginner. I think that organization just makes everything so much easier and more enjoyable for you. So you're not panicking halfway through a project or winding up circular filing, trashing your entire job.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Dave, I I just want to kind of piggyback off of that, you know, making sure that 'Cause not, not a lot of people have, you know, hours and hours or time on the weekends. You know, people have family, people have commitments, things to do, and you might only have thirty minutes an hour here or there to to go work on your project. So if you're spending, you know, half the time looking for the parts or whatever you wanted to work on, that's just time wasted. And if you know if you have an organization system and you come down into your shop or your garage or shed or wherever you have your items, and you know where things are, and your tools are ready to go, and your parts are ready to go. Then you can spend more quality time restoring your tool or working on what it is that you need to work on, instead of looking for things and trying to find what you need to find. So that that just helps as well, and so you don't get discouraged, like Dave said, and uh, it keeps you it keeps your head in the game because you know finding the time and as well as the mental capacity to go work on these projects is sometimes hard. Uh, even though we love doing it, it's just not something that everybody can do every day, all day. And and having that organization helps out a lot when it comes to having minimal time and working on your projects.
2: If you can maintain that flow, that that's important. Just like you, you said, you can get discouraged just looking for, e- I mean, even with tools, tool organizations, it's probably benefits from the same type of have a plan and, and know what you need uh, and know where it is, but just knowing where your pieces and parts and you know the tools or the the wd-40 or lubricant or whatever just get started it's always nice to have those things end up in the same place so that you can start fresh and uh keep that motivation because i agree when it's cold out and i've been wrestling my kids to bed sometimes i have a tiny window to get out and uh, work on something and if it involves searching for stuff for 20 minutes then i'm done I'm freezing and I haven't done anything. I, I just give up and go back inside, go to bed, <laughs> try again.
1: No I was just thinking of one other cool tip that I th- could I thought of from my from previous restorations that I've done. I remember one time my cell phone died and that's usually how I would take quick pictures of different connections or whatever. And this one specifically relates to like electrical stuff. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to take apart the power supply to whatever is powering your machine, maybe a wire going into a motor, blah blah blah. And it's easy to get that stuff disorganized especially if you aren't familiar with it. Um, paint pen. And some of
0: those older older motors and electrical boxes aren't labeled very well, so you got to you got to <laughs> know where it's going.
1: <laughs> yeah. And especially like I don't know anything about that stuff. I'm just taking it apart and putting it back together like I couldn't figure it out if it was given to me disassembled. At least maybe in time, but I'm I'm not that bright. So anyway, I <laughs> I love paint paint pens i'll mark where the connections go and i'll put a like a yellow dot on one connect one side of like one wire and then i'll put a yellow dot on where it goes into or yeah, that even works for like um sub of a machine you know you can you know like the way you mark up wood when you're doing like um like a glue up or something like that so you know where everything's supposed to go you yeah. put the lines on it you can put those same kind of markings on machine parts kind of like index um or like reference marks just so that you know how it, went, how it came apart and how to put it back together just at a quick glance by looking for a mark that you made on the yeah, scene.
0: A lot, a lot of people use a, a punch, a, a center punch and a hammer, and they, right. they, make, they make little indentations, or especially for orientation. When orientation is, is critical to make sure that this part is facing left instead of right, um, a key way is going in a certain way and not the other way. Uh, You put either, you know, one dot or two dots or however many dots you need to remember that, hey, this needs to go here and face this way. Um, That's that's very helpful as well.
1: Yep. We call those witness marks.
0: Yep. Witness marks. Exactly. Gorgeous. (laughs) So the tip, the tip of the day is basically this entire podcast. Okay, you got to have you got to have an organization system. Whether it's a piece of cardboard, whether it's a stand, whether it's witness marks, whether it's whatever you want it to be, this whole podcast is basically the the tip of the week. You have to have it. It's important. If you don't, things get messed up. Things get lost. You get discouraged and projects don't get finished. And when projects don't get finished, your wife gets angry and that's not a good thing. Okay. Hi. Yes. So make sure you have an organization scheme, whatever works for you, not everything works for everybody else, but just make sure you have something that works for you. So that way you can spend the most quality time with your projects, as well as meet all your other commitments in everybody's busy lives. That's what, that's what I would go with for today.
1: Good tip. I like that.
2: I, I just like documentation, you know, whether it's a cardboard that, uh, piece of cardboard with your bolts and it's all nice and labeled for you to come back to, or pictures, because even those pictures could turn into something you could share, whether it be a story or uh, or just with your your friends on what you had to do to get this thing running. Yeah. Uh, people don't like to just see the beauty shots at the end. You can show all the effort it took, uh, take it apart and put it back together. It's for your assembly benefit, but it also... Uh, can kind of bring people into the equation. Yeah, absolutely, because, you're not,
0: you know, 90, I'd say 99% of the time, you're not the only one out there who has this machine. Now, Now, yes, there are some very rare machines that there's only a couple of in the world, but you're not alone out there, and your pictures and your video or however you do it and however you document might help someone down the road who has the same machine as you and they'd be like, wow, I have no idea how this goes together. Somebody took it apart previously, and I just have a whole bunch of parts, so I need to know how it goes together. Or, yeah. wow, I'm, I'm missing this part completely, and I didn't even know if I, if I wouldn't have seen your pictures. Um, so you can help out a lot of other people just by documenting for one, yourself, but also anybody else who might be working through the same problem that you are.
1: Absolutely. And I'll, I'll go with mine as is- uh, just with my own life experience or experience doing this, shoot a little video. It's, it's easy to do. You set up your cell phone, keep it on a power supply so it doesn't die, James. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, shots fired. And, and <laughs> but seriously, it saved my butt so many times actually watching myself do some specific action or seeing how the, the one part separated from another that I can reference in real time later on when I am facing an. Uh, 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 where I'm stuck in a situation where I've got an impasse that I can't breach through, where I don't know what to do. I can just pull up the tape can watch it and see what I did. And I'm back smooth sailing once again. Make oh, a video. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: That's awesome. And any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we sign off here today? You know, it's a little shorter episode, but I think it's very important. I think it's worthwhile, you know, for any level of listener. If even if, well, I hope if you're an expert, that you've had an organization system figured out by now, but sometimes you don't. So any final thoughts before we sign off today?
1: Uh, well, quick, yeah. you are an expert on that, share it uh, at the Restoration Podcast, and we'll all benefit from it. For sure. Uh, so
2: I have uh, something extra I'd like to add to the end of these podcasts. I'd like to thank the listeners. Uh, now that we are live, I have as a nerd lots of fun data so besides the wonderful large audience we are uh, enjoying in the united states i'd like to thank people internationally you guys want to uh guess where we're we're being listened to uh
1: the north uh, pole
0: the north santa Claus. yes
2: canada so there i'm are- sure there's
0: it- several over the united kingdom
2: Yes, couple hundred in the United States, so America, we're winning. Good job. Uh, Canada, got 59, so definitely include Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Netherlands. Netherlands comes in third. All right. And that, Costa Rica, what's up?
1: Hey, okay, what's going yeah, on? Right.
2: Yeah, we got, we got a few people, Republic of Lithuania, Sweden, Norway, okay. Germany,
0: New Zealand. Wow. So, well, This up? is great. That's, uh, that's excellent. We're in-
1: going international, baby.
0: Oh yeah, we it's really appreciate it with the with the viewers. You know, we appreciate your your listenership, and you know, without I mean, we we do this because we love it. But without you guys, you know, we're just sitting here talking to ourselves, and you know, sometimes we like that, but most times we want to help somebody else out and make sure that somebody's out there listening. So we really appreciate it. Uh, we thank you for your listenership. Remember that you can contact us one of two ways on our Instagram page at the Restoration Podcast or on our email at the Restoration Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah we appreciate your listenership. If if you uh, if you like listening to us,
2: share it with a friend. If you hate what we're talking about, share it with my friend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and make oh, sure, you know, yes. we're we're working on getting our podcast on all the, the major uh, forums. So soon you'll be able to get the restoration podcast on your favorite uh, podcast station. So make sure to keep an eye out us on there once again we appreciate your listenership and thank you for tuning into the restoration podcast with james evan and dave where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today
2: gentlemen have a good night
1: thank gentlemen, you gentlemen adios appreciate peace it.
2: yeehaw Aye. bye Aye. bye Aye. <laughs>
1: Hey, quick, by the recording of this podcast, James has seven universal woodworkers.
0: No, <laughs> oh. oh man,
2: I have two universal woodworkers in 40
0: piles, <laughs> but they're organized piles. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs>